Hello, and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that's thankful for you, dear listener. Aww. We actually are. I mean, we, we don't get many of those, and so you, everyone you is You are precious. a rare and unique flower uh, blooming in a desert of nobody giving a shit about us. You you might also want to think about the ways you're you're spending your spare time. Like I'm just saying. You know, you could spend well, that time promoting this is a us red on, flag. on Twitter and Facebook and telling your friends about how great we are. No, the the fact that you're listening to us is, is probably a red flag. No, they're probably oh, no. they're probably multitasking. Or they've just got a lot of free time. I mean like a lot a lot. Like maybe they're listening to this, maybe they got Twitch stream up on mute, and maybe they're browsing the web. Maybe they're homebound. Who knows? Who knows? You know there there are there are many other podcasts out there. Uh there are many like it, but this one is mine. Without my podcast, I am nothing. Without me, my podcast is nothing. It's wow. true. Um, anyway, quick roll call. Uh, I am John, the uh, Karama of the podcast. Um, with us, we have our resident Kuwabara, uh, Chad. Okay, I agree with that. I have no idea what you're referring to. Don't worry to. about that's, it, that's I don't either. Um, we have our uh, <clears throat> Yusuke, Charlie. Hmm. I'll take it. Yeah, th- th- there's... I could... You know, normally I start off with me being, you know, like, whatever, the great and powerful, but, like, on this one, I couldn't get away from Karama. Like, I, like, just too strategically you, and analytically minded. You to, want to, no, let's be honest, you wanted to be the fangirl favorite. That too, that too. And, uh, our Hie, uh, Dylan. I, I don't know what that means. It's, it's a good thing. You're the he bad boy, good. but then again, so is Yusuke, then again, so is Kubara. It's a bunch of bad boys. EA and Kubara have one of the best exchanges in that show, though, um, where they're fighting the Saint Beast, and they're running around the tower, <laughs> and uh, is fighting one of them, and he's just running around in circles, and EA looks to uh, the other thing and goes, do you think he knows the room is a circle? Oh, yeah, so that, is, that, is, that is my top moment from that show, I think. It's such a good show, even if it does... Go a little off the rails towards the end. Anyway, um, we've been off for a little bit of time because Dylan and I were sick as shit uh, yeah. earlier in the week, and we just could not physically record. Um, I was on all fours, puking and shitting all over the place. It was like something out of The Exorcist. See, I'm, I'm not going to go into that much detail. I mean, I, I typically have more of the, uh, you know... Cast iron stomach, but uh, so I had the fever and I had the chills. And, but the question uh, is, were you on all fours? That's what no, that's what our listeners want to know. Were you on all fours? No, I was. I More was sleeping. Importantly, it off. Well, have you disinfected this place so that we don't get it? Yes, yes, quite thoroughly. I should add. Listeners, feel free to picture Dylan on all fours anyway. Yes, naked with a well, wooden butthole. Isn't he always naked? I I don't know. Thankfully, he records naked. Right That's now. why we usually do this over Skype. Yeah, but we're we're all here together in person. And we forced Dylan to put pants on. Uh, I know it's ce- a Christmas miracle. Celebrating a very chainsaw buffet Thanksgiving. Um, ours did come a couple of days later. Um, Get prepared for Burden's Giving, which comes next. Yes, Burden's Giving, uh, which like is it. the obligation of buying people that you don't really care about Christmas presents. I didn't think it was that. I was just thinking, like, you know, those of us who. I feel like Burton's occasionally just like on on Burton's on Burton's Giving Eve. Dylan visited visits everyone's house in the world and waits for free food and is the biggest imposition that he can be. Yeah, he will just invite himself in for dinner. And you you know what? You're gonna you're gonna be too nice. You're gonna be too well mannered to say no. You're gonna be, you you're gonna talk about him behind his back, but you're not gonna turn him away. Oh, 
Because it's Burton's giving. That's he, what it's about. He's like your favorite uncle that shows up uninvited. And by favorite, we mean drunkest. Yes. I, I'm that not is, the drunkest that is the... uncle. Chad is the drunkest uncle. I... I don't know. When you're talking about uncles, you might win. Maybe. Devin well, is the drunkest uncle. But I don't know if she yeah, counts. She, well, <laughs> close enough. Um, she wants to share her booze. All over the floor. Why am I being insulted? You're not being insulted. You have told me I need to drink more. That it will help me with my problems or something. I think you might be a mean drunk. Yeah. I'm pretty certain you would be. Have you drunk? Have you been drinking? No. Should I? Then drink more! Because you're not a mean drunk. You're mean for not being drunk. I think there might be an ale in the mini fridge, Dylan, if you want it. Yeah, I think I've got one left. I've got some uh, whiskey around here. Um, anyway, wanted to actually start off with a little bit of mail. Uh, we got this. Um, you are a gift. liar. I, I am not. I've got it right here in front of me. Swear to God, didn't write it myself or anything. <laughs> not this time. Not this time. <laughs> um, maybe other times. Maybe every other time. Um, <laughs> but I swear it's different this time. This time, it oh, will be different. This is an abusive relationship. Indeed. Um, but we got this after JMX. We got this from uh, the nice folks over at the Horror Podcast, and that's spelled W-H-O-R-E-R. Um, and you can go over to their websites, uh, thehorror.net. Oh, the horror. Yes. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes, of course. But they attended our uh, Nonfiction for Geeks panel. Oh, poor, um, poor fellows. They they seem to generally enjoy it. They said some very nice things about us uh, on their uh-huh. podcast, which, frankly, we didn't deserve. They were like, yeah, they've been to GMX every year that we've been there, and they, they seem to be really good for the convention. I'm like, we're not good for anybody, but, you know. Let alone ourselves. Yeah, it's, it was very nice of them to say that. Um, we we got up there and blathered a while about books. Yeah, I think I think their long complaint was that you made them hungry, Charlie. With, huh. with your talk of uh, of cooking books and, and things like that. Well, that is hardly my fault. Well, or all my fault. I don't, it's one or the other. Maybe they, maybe they didn't eat properly. You know, it's a convention. and That nutrition at a convention is, is a problem. Yeah, especially on Sunday when you're checked out of the hotel room, but you know, yep. you're still trying to do stuff and nobody's really serving a proper meal. Nope. So that's so part of that. We can blame the convention for that. They they shouldn't schedule the nonfiction panel for Sunday, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> that way you can go out and eat and you know do that sort of thing. Yeah, next time it needs to be needs to be Saturday. Um, anyway, <laughs> just gonna go ahead and read this. It's a short little email. Okay. It said, uh, "Hi guys, we're a Nashville-based horror film podcast within GMX's press. We gave you a little love in our coverage of GMX and wanted to share the link, which I will do." Um, we talked about your non-fiction for Geeks panel starting at 59.27 and linked to your GMX recap in our notes. Uh, keep up the good work. Cheers, Fem and Meredith. Um, actually, it was interesting because um, Liz and I caught the tail end of their um, convention safety zone panel. It was before, I think, that god-awful resume, resume building uh, thing that we went to. Um but it's their podcast is really interesting. I haven't listened to any of the episodes other than the JMX one, admittedly. But um, they, at least in their JMX recap, they seem to be very socially conscious in the way that they went about things and the way that they talked about things. Um, 
More so than we are, admittedly. We could probably stand to do a better job of that. But, uh, you know. I'll be honest. I, I wondered about some of the things we said in the during the uh, nonfiction for geeks. Like, I'm going to slip up and say something. Something inappropriate. Something that's not intentionally inappropriate, but it's going to come off as inappropriate. But ends up being horribly racist? <laughs> well, yes. I, I, they as did, you have a tendency. They didn't bring up anything specific, so I think we're, I think we're clear on that. Um, it was also Sunday. Yeah. People were tired. and Who... Who could remember what we said? I don't remember what I, we said. I know I don't. Um, but it's it's kind of per- perfect uh, cross promotion and opportunity for us because um, I I'm not really a fan of the horror movie genre because I tend to find the films predictable and they crank them out so often that uh, you know it, it was it was neat when they throw one out you know around Halloween or something. But now it's like oh, we're in March and here's another fucking horror movie. Okay. But, uh, you know, if, if that's your thing, St. Cool. Patrick's please, Killing! Yeah, please go check them out, because there's not going to be a lot of crossover between what they do and what we do, and they're very nice people, well, so... Yeah. Maybe I, they can recommend you something that's not predictable. Maybe. I I do not I do not watch horror. I, ha- I have a strong imagination and a slightly obsessive mentality, yeah. so I will think there are creepy Japanese children in my closet. Yeah, I, I completely agree And there. there are creepy Japanese children. They are not Japanese. Closet. They are not Japanese. Nothing against the Japanese. <laughs> but that, that's not what's in your closet. But their no. kids aren't good enough for you to steal. <clears throat> well, sorry, I just, the ones I have work really hard, so I don't see any reason to branch out. Um, anyway, Couple of things that we've missed uh, in our in our time away. Um, we've missed not one but two major console launches. Um, I wouldn't say we missed them. Yeah, no, that's, nobody that buys a console at launch. Who does that? Not the anymore. People waiting in line. I, I think that's that's kind of my complaint because you know nobody's packing Super Mario World with these things anymore. Yeah. You know, like Here's, that level of I've got to have this game. The only people that buy consoles at launch are the fanboys of those particular consoles. Or people that are just like technophiles. That is... Like have to have the biggest and best of everything when it comes but out. But those people probably fall into the fanboy category. Unless they're buying all the consoles at launch. They, they probably still fall into the into a subcategory of fanboy. Probably. Because there's never good games at launch. I don't care what there, anybody says. There's not. I mean, there's... Adaptations of games that exist on other consoles, you know, yep. Assassin's Creed, uh, Madden, FIFA, nothing against any of those games, but, you know, it, even uh, Titanfall that's coming out on Xbox One, you know, like the big Xbox exclusive, it's going to be on 360, so, you know, that's not necessarily a system seller in and of itself either. Yep. Uh, and with any new technology, you got to work out bugs, so smart money never buys at launch. You know, the, the first game that I, you know, would really... Be like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, get on this. Would be you know, Metal Gear Solid Five when that comes out. Yeah. Um, but that probably won't be. I know there's like a prequel or you know, like lead into Metal Gear Solid Five called Ground Zeroes that's coming out like in spring of next year. But I don't know that the game proper will be out until maybe late next year or early mm. 2015, depending on how development goes. Um. Also, Kiefer Snake is is not not best snake. Kiefer Snake yeah. is not best snake. Kiefer Snake? Really? No, I I am I am definitely a hater snake kind of guy. Um, so sad. Nothing. 
really out of the ordinary for these launches. You know, there's been like isolated problems for each of them. Like the obnoxious disc grinding drives for the Xbox One and the so-called blue light problems for PS4, but nothing that seems to be like Red Ring of Death level. And even that, well, you know, <clears throat> Microsoft just cruised right on past that like it was nothing. And, and as as I kind of wondered last console launch, is it possible that, you know, the percentages of these issues is kind of overblown because of the internet? But, you know... I think that's part of it because, you know, it, it certainly does give them a bigger... The people who yeah. have problems a bigger venue to complain in. Yeah. And, and they have every right to, but it the perception of someone reading it is, is much different. It's like, oh my god, if I buy one, I'm going to get a faulty one. Well, well, probably not. That's the internet. Oh. I mean, everything is awful on the internet. Well, it's not just that. It's just, like, anecdotal evidence is not the same as statistics. But, anyway. Um... Well, the internet hates everything, so that's the long and short. This is true. It is a perpetual hate machine. It is. And I don't know if you guys read the uh, the link that I sent out. Uh, PlayStation Four had a uh, rather predictable problem on their hands. Penis. Yes, penis and boob, and people doing uh, inappropriate things when given a camera and access to stream built into the box. Because uh, PS Four launched with Twitch streaming integration. Um, and, you know, you, you can also buy the PlayStation camera accessory, which will allow you to, if you're, especially if you're using the Playroom game, which is something that comes with the system, it's just a little sort of, um, you know, you're on the TV, you know, the camera's broadcasting, and then there's little things on the screen you can interact with and do stuff. So basically uh, happy action theater. Kind of. Um, and you can stream that, and people did some interesting things. Like, there was a call-in show that somebody did that hmm. uh, got uh, substantial viewers on Twitch, I think like 200,000 or something. That's they even caught the attention of a couple of Sony executives who called in the show. Dude! So that was cool. one of those, the examples of that working out really, really well and people doing really cool things <laughs> and, with and it. And so what did they do? Well, and, and, then, <laughs> and then there's everybody else. So chat roulette. Uh, chat yeah, roulette. chat roulette. Um, every, you know... All the other people who weren't doing call-in shows who were, you know, getting drunk and showing dicks or uh, taking off their significant other's clothing while they were passed out drunk. That actually happened. Yes, that is yes. Really? You can you... do that a lot cheaper than having to buy a PS4. I don't know. That's you're like you're watching... It's like, you know, like sexual assault, streaming lives, you know. That, like, you, that's, you may have just made a whole single other argument. Really, that's that, a whole that, other level. If you told me that that was what was going to happen, I would have been in line for the, <laughs> for the console at launch. I don't know how you didn't see it happening. I mean, the only reason that it hasn't it, happened on Xbox One yet is that Xbox One didn't launch with the Twitch streaming integration. You can watch Twitch, but you can't stream to Twitch, even though you've got the connect with the fucking console. That's weird. I, I don't know. They apparently they just weren't ready to roll out. With Again, it that's Sony taking the pieces that another console would have and actually putting them together into something that actually does something. But yeah. the fact that they they disallowed streaming of Playroom is interesting because I'm going to say Nintendo did the same thing with either the Wii U or the 3DS had some sort of like thing where you could I think draw it was the things. 3DS. Yeah, and they turned it off because you know people Penises. could draw. Who were drawing decks? And, like, 
I, I totally understand care. why they both made those decisions, but at the same time, it seems short-sighted. It's, 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 it's kind of an overreaction. I mean, somebody, somebody pointed out, hey, my Kinect can recognize my face. Why can't you just write something into the code that recognizes, this is a penis, and blurs it out? <laughs> that would be the saddest Penises do have a basic shape to them. It's, it's not rocket science. I mean, or breasts. I mean... There, well, I, I don't know if, if flexibility it, there as far as no, no, no. You, you don't know, blur. You don't blur boobs. Given given the way that Connect works with uh, minorities, it might not work for everybody. <laughs> you know, people of certain ethnicities might still be able to show their dicks. You so might you're just, saying that it would be all black penis. Um, I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> for Sicily, hey, nobody's nobody's nobody, people would just hey, use body paint. It is it is socially point. unacceptable. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Fix the just, problem! Just, just when you oh. think it couldn't get more offensive, it's going to be some guy wearing blackface on his junk. Let's, Look, that has not been Look. that has not been acceptable since the forties. Let's just say there's an arms race. The arms race is between people who want to be naked on major consoles, people who want to do lewd things on major consoles, and the console manufacturers. This arms race will never end. It is the Cold War. It is, you know. Yep. I'm just wondering how there's no non-proliferation. How many people here. were actually doing this? Because there's, if, if you want to put your junk out online for people to see, there's cheaper ways to do it. Than they probably a use those ways. No, 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 but you had a lot of people that wanted to be the first. Yeah, it's it's more. I about, use my PS4 to put my junk out everywhere. As some usual, people, some it's people, porn leading the way. Some people like technology. to. There's some hackers who like to exploit holes in you know technological loopholes. These are people who like to exploit social loopholes. These are people that just like to exploit holes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah, you walked that. right into that. Moving on. Um, moving on. Quick uh, other bit of gaming-related news. Um, something near and dear to my heart. Uh, Atlas finally announced uh, Persona 5. Oh, really? uh, Persona 4, one of my favorite games ever. Um, just absolute brilliant game. Hmm. And Persona 3, also brilliant. Um, Persona 5 has been announced for Japan sometime in winter of 2014, which means that uh, sometime in probably... 2015, maybe early 2016, we'll get here in the United States, and it's on PS3. So just, you know, don't sell those PS3s off just yet, ladies and gentlemen. You might want to hold off and play some Persona 5. Um, you guys, you guys remember Hard Gay, our our good friend Hard Gay. I I try not to remember him. Um, I saw something come across Anime News Network that. Saddened and also did not surprise me at all. Um, you know, people were wondering what happened to Hard Gay because, you know, there haven't been any new videos of him out in a while. Um, well, apparently, he's a professional model now. Huh. Um, he is apparently a model for a boots re- uh, retailer called Luan. Um, also, not surprising, uh, he is married with kids. <laughs> so I I'd like to uh, ask for a moment of silence for Hard Gay. Woo! Anyway, um, moments over. I do like the idea that every day he has to uh, to to 
to to leave and go, okay, Daddy's got to scare the hell out of some normals. <laughs> I'll be back in a little while. Daddy's got to go crash some uh, Japanese soap opera. Why is Daddy leaving the house in skin-tight leather thong? Well, honey, I, I bet he wears, I bet he wears a bed. I bet that's why he has a kid. She is really into hard gay. Nah. Um, uh, this is old news now, but I did accidentally omit this when uh, when it was fresh. Um, they announced that early next year, um, when Space Dandy starts airing in Japan, they're also going to do a simulcast dub of it that will run on uh, Toonami for Adult Swim. I love this so hard. Yep. Um, it's for, for it's ambitious. Space Dandy is the new show from uh, the Cowboy Bebop director uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, it looks goofy as hell, so it should be pretty tremendous. Mm-hmm. But I just love the fact that uh, simulcast dubbing is a thing now. I am I am a I am a fan of this idea. And it's not like a how do you, uh, Shonen Jump show. No, it's going to go on um, for, forever. How do you take and, and, and the thing is, it's the perfect answer to uh, how do you preempt fan uh, fan dubbing and fan subbing or fan subbing. Fan, fan dubbing is awful. Let's can, can we you know unless it's like a parody dub, it's just no stop. Don't. Liz, what 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 are, what are you showing, Charlie? Nothing. Okay. I found a phone. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Congratulations, but... by the way. Uh, what? Just you know, out of curiosity, what phone did you uh, did you find? Um, the LG Optimus G Pro. Okay. Only partially. It turns into a uh, truck. Uh, that Transformers is actually why I first looked at it. Hmm. But then it ended up to be a really awesome sounding phone and had really great reviews um, and is on sale. So, yeah. Cool. Congratulations. Uh, hope that works out well for you, even though you're staying with AT&T, which I think is a colossal mistake. But yeah. I just want to have it on record. Like, now we have it on audio. When, when in six months you guys are telling me the new nightmare story and your uh, never-ending saga of AT&T drama. I'll be like, well, remember, I told you. <laughs> it's, it's, on, it's on the air. It's worth the savings, though. Well. I hope, I hope, I hope this time it will be different. Um, so what else do you guys have as far... Because I... Honestly, between being sick and everything, I haven't really kept up with the news this week. And since it's sort of our, a late Thanksgiving episode, I kind of want to do things a little bit more relaxed this week. I've got the two links that I sent, but I don't know that those are technically news. Well, go ahead and talk about them anyway. They're interesting. Um, to, was, you, to you, anyway. There I was, thought they were interesting. <clears throat> don't enable him. I, I already He'll have a that. sense of self-worth if you think, uh, if you make him think that things are interesting that he's into. I would never think that, Charlie. I am, I'm not, not so confused. Um, there was an article on Polygon talking about, um... How digital gaming is not um, killing or killing uh, analog gaming, or specifically how digital versions of analog games actually can help sales. Um, and we we'll put a lo- link in show notes. But the assumption they start out with 
is that cheaper digital versions would cannibalize physical sales. Um, but what has actually happened, and this has apparently been a pattern, is, uh, for example, Small World on the iPad released in 2010 uh, tripled physical sales for three months. Oh, wow. Um, Wizards of the Coast releasing Duel of the Planeswalkers uh, tripled the sale of physical magic cards. Uh, and they actually just mentioned that Lords of Waterdeep is hitting iPad, so... Um, I would much appreciate if they'd do an Android version as well. That would be nice. Surely they will. Um, it's interesting, because this is one of the things I mentioned at the board game panel, is if you don't know how to play a game, and you're not sure you want to dump 40 50 $60 on a game, spend 5 or $10 on the digital version. Um, but what's interesting is their conclusion is that digital simplifies the game, teaches you the rules, and so suddenly now you're a potential customer for the board game because you want to share this with other people. And I think that's really interesting because it kind of redeems the social aspect of gaming as it's getting more and more digital, more and more isolated in certain ways. Um, And then they also claim that analog games can kind of go viral because you play them with other people, other people... Um, enjoy them by their own copy. Um, and they briefly mentioned D&D as well, which is interesting because, you know, D&D 4th edition attempted to do, you know, to put out some tools to simplify rules and things like that. Um, but, like, virtual tabletop didn't happen. Um, you know, they, they probably could have done better. And, you know, it, it definitely seems like they have a an opportunity there to expand the brand by like decreasing the friction for getting in. Though honestly, it seems to me, just with the example of D and D, that your better bet is to make digital versions of like Castle Ravenloft and yeah, whatever the other two or three board games are. Since the board games are essentially stripped down versions of the role playing game, they do mention that a lot of video games use D&D systems, like mm-hmm. Neverwinter Nights and things like that. Yeah. We'll use the D&D system, so you get some familiarity to it, but it's primarily a social game, so it's, you know, where you're telling your own story. Yeah. So it's slightly different than some of these other examples. Um, I think it's... It's a really interesting article. Again, you know, if you played D&D, if you've played any sort of tabletop games, and like, well, it's kind of nice to see that digital can improve that and bring, you know, bring that into, you know, essentially analog gaming is almost always social Mm. into that realm. The downside is the argument that they're making here that, you know, board games have this longevity and stuff like that. Um... Seems like a lot of the same arguments you could have made um, uh, about arcades back when those were in boom. Of you know, it's kind of a bubble. Uh, same but different. Same but different. Because but... I think it's it's probably more analogous to the whole to the to the tension in the argument of oh, digital music sales will destroy physical media because no one's going to want, or yeah. you know, the Kindle's going to destroy the book. Right. Because, you know, if you can have a, a bunch of books on this one device, why would you ever want a physical copy? Well, in the case of music, it very nearly has. Eh, there's still a market... Well, I say physical media. There's still, I think, 
Well, but I think I think it definitely it's, no, no. It, it's a minuscule. The the hipsters still buying vinyl are a minuscule market compared to the people that that's one where the digital. I would say that's. Yeah, I would say niche. Now, books books are are different because there's there's significant advantages to both formats. The only way the only way it's going to supplant it. And and I'm more just pointing out your use of music as a bad example. The only way it's going to that's a case of beer. Whoever's phone goes off during the podcast buys the beer. That'd be Charlie. That's our rule. Yeah. Uh, now I think books are um, slightly different well, in that there's not really the stigma with books that there is with D and D and board games. And what this well, does it's not a stigma. It's it's not we're not talking about stigma, we're just talking about uh, the reason digital won't supplant it is because there are different advantages and disadvantages to both. Oh yeah, I don't. I think that's what they're kind of getting at. As but opposed I, to music, where there's no well, real advantage to physical media. One of the things they do mention is like Monopoly sells well because everyone knows how to play Monopoly. And, and what I meant by a stigma, though, is you know. If you you know if you can play Small World or Ticket to Ride or Lords of Waterdeep on your phone, then you know when you see it in the store, you're gonna you're not gonna go ah it's for you know people smarter than I am. You're gonna go oh wait I know how to play that now. Please. Just like they were saying like Monopoly's big and that know how kind of game it. are being sold at Target now. There's no they more stigma anymore. Are but I think part of that is it, it the niche. It's widening, but I I still think like to get in, you, there is a leap, and mm-hmm. you know even tabletop, you know the tabletop series that Will Will Wheaton does is kind of a way to jump over that gap. The biggest, the biggest, the biggest speed bump is still price. Yeah, and I think this gets over over that as well. Yeah, because, because the know, fear is to, is that you're gonna like you say the fear is you're gonna buy a game that you don't like. Yeah, but if a digital copy playing. lets you try it out for five bucks or whatever, and now, yeah. okay, you know you like it, I think most people, that's not a, uh, that's not too much to ask as far as money. You know, an extra five bucks on top of 50 or 60 to know that, oh, this is a game I'm going to play, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty good insurance. Yeah. Okay, so did anyone else have anything? Um, nope. All right. Chad, do you have anything not for the dice pile this week? No, not a thing. <laughs> Very relaxed. Extremely, Extremely relaxed. Extremely relaxed. We also just finished a meal. True. We did. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving dinner that couldn't be beat. That's a factual statement. Um, one thing I want to talk about uh, for my thing of the week is definitely Thanksgiving related. Um... Is this a story about how you once strapped a turkey to the hood of your car and went for a drive? No. The God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Mutant turkey parachute. Wow, that's... I got the joke. Anybody else? Show hands. Who got the joke? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, go ahead and do yours, but I've got a story about that turkey drop thing. Awesome. Um, but we're recording this uh, on a Saturday, so, you know, Black Friday has already happened. One thing that a lot of people have talked about, and this has been a, a trend the last couple of years, um, more and more stores opening on Thanksgiving Day. Um, 
Now, I understand this is America, and it's an American thing to make as much money as you can any way that you can while you can. An obscene amount of money. An obscene amount of money, and then controlling that wealth and hiding it from the masses yes. uh, in your you know locked vault uh, up in Duckburg. But <laughs> um, we, we do happen to live in the age of Amazon and online shopping and the internet. And my question this week is, do we really fucking need these stores open on Thanksgiving? Is there really anything as a retailer to be lost? Because I'll be honest, Thanksgiving Day, I did my shopping online on Best Buy. And you know what? You know, except for some poor schmuck in a warehouse, which, you know, he's probably working that day anyway. Um, you know, I'm not putting anyone... Uh, out into a, a retail store on, you know, Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday, all this other stuff. You're not kind of forcing stuff. someone to perform customer service. Yes. Yes. You know, it's just, I click, I get the doorbuster, you know, it ships. Can we just eliminate Black Friday altogether in, you know, these Walmart muggings and crap and just move this stuff online instead of distributing... Because this is what they have to do. You know, they have these Black Friday deal busters, and they ship them to the store, you know, however many days in advance, and they've got, you know, all these plans and, you know, these uh, pallets and displays that, you know, go in certain areas, and they've been designed to cause you the most grief and spend the most money. Can't we just move this shit online and, you know, keep it in the central warehouse and then distribute it from there as we need it? Because... If anything, Amazon has perfected, you know, through the lightning deal and things like that, they have perfected timed, you know, online shopping experiences for things like Black Friday and that sort of thing. We shouldn't need to do this Black Friday bullcrap anymore. Can can anyone give me a, a legitimate reason as to where money, you know, where money would be lost by switching to an online I, I think I think part of the problem is the assumption that this is driven by, like you said, you know, at, at the beginning, people who just want to get their hands on all the money. I think instead what is driving a lot of it, not not that companies, not that like Walmart aren't encouraging that sort of behavior, but there's going to be people who want that experience of getting out and shopping. And part of the reason, you know, kind of, Stores like Walmart and everyone who's op who opened up on Thursday are doing it is because people is, people are going to do that. People are willing to do that, so they might as well be open so they can grab themselves a chunk of that revenue. Just because people are willing to do it doesn't mean that we should. I agree, but uh, I think I, mean, I they, think the there's there's too many there's too many incidents of violence and death um, every year in these instances because people just. Can't keep their fucking shit together. To be fair, the last two years there have not been incidences of death, but yes, incidences of violence. Um, um I, I, it, it's a, it is a small number given what it's more than it needs to be. But I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm saying eliminate the problem completely. Just you know, hit the button. One thing is... Switch it to online. If you come into the store, we're not going to have anything. I think the problem, though, is, is again, like I said, it's it's 
people knowing that if they don't, they're going to lose money because people are more than willing to do this. Well, and again, wait, I, where, I think... Where are you losing the money, though, by telling them to go online and go home? Because they're buying from your competitors and not you. Yeah. The retail stores are not... They have minimal web presences, but they're not working with... They, they don't... They can't compete with Amazon online. I think they have to compete Ama- with well, I don't Amazon. Well, no, Best offline. Buy actually putting their doorbusters on. Best Buy yeah. is kind of the exception. The rest of these places, well, no, it's it's all it, it all it all revolves around the deals you're putting online. If you are putting the exact same deals online that you're getting they, in the store, the thing is, they don't have the infrastructure to ship out that kind of volume. They do have the sh- infrastructure set up for brick and mortar sales of that. That's their. That's what well, they yeah. do. Here's the thing, though: if they're, they're getting into, if they have stores, they have to be set up to it, move a lot of exactly. product across the That's country, my, but not shipping it to individual. You don't ship it to individuals. You sh- if you've got an if you've got a huge store presence, you ship it to the store. Yeah, like site to store is people a thing don't want to do site to store. I would. I, I want it delivered to my fucking door. If I'm going to order something online, the 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 mail troll is going to bring it to me. I'm just saying that if if that is. You know, if your issue is infrastructure, that is a way around it. Well, I think I think part of the problem, like like I, I keep going back to, you know, people will do this anyway. I don't think like American culture at this point in time has a good concept of here's a thing that is not morally, ethically, or legally wrong, but maybe it's a thing that we should not do. You know, um, like we should give up something um, not to do this. So I, I'm sorry, you just used an oxymoron, American culture. Yeah, well. I think you won't see. I don't. I don't think you will see any kind of change until a major, major, reta- major physical brick and mortar retailer says that. I mean, it usually opens up saying, "Okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do it all online." Yeah. And and we we're we're not going to open at all. That's not until gonna, Saturday. And they're going to save money. But here's the staff. Happen until yeah, exactly. Like there, there's overhead you know, some, to be saved there. Something like the station well, nightclub yeah. fire okay. happens. I didn't. And people I didn't. Die. I didn't yeah. say how likely it was, but I said you're not going to see a major change until a well. It's okay, not going to happen until forty a, or fifty people a die. Major, in an incident. It'll sooner or later something's going to catch on fire. <laughs> Believe you me. You can't okay. set Walmart on fire. I know. Trust me, I <laughs> like like not that I've I ever mean, thought about th- no, it no, extensively. You know, one, one of these years, you know, Walmart is going to have a special on, you know, uh, I, I don't know, chafing, di- <laughs> chafing dish fuel or yeah. something, gel fuel, you know, kerosene <laughs> heaters, kerosene <laughs> heaters. And a store is going to spontaneously combust. Fifty or sixty people are going to die, no. and then they'll quit. You'll have to see. You'll have to see. Like basically, two things happen. That one, a major retailer decides, okay, we're not going to open on Thanksgiving or Black Friday. We're going to do everything online, and then B, they have to be able to show in the aftermath that they did not lose any sales. And I think that's going to be difficult because even though even though you could you could prove that numerically that you save money on overhead, you you know you still get a significant number of sales. The problem, and, and of course, part of it is to, like, local stores versus corporate, you know, like, the local store isn't making any money um, if you go online. But what are they? the, what are you the problem you run into is, you know, there's, I'm sure there are some, you know, corporate decision makers going, we can't do that. We always do this. This is a thing we have to do. Numbers be damned. See, this is... 
like one of the number one problems plaguing humanity is I this know. is the way we've always done it. We can't possibly do exactly. anything different. It's not like we don't have fucking power of choice. Oh my god, no, people. we we do, but people. It's just it is one of those things you run into in business of like, man, that's the way we've always done it, and we we can't God, look back. God, again, God forbid we try the goodwill we will lose by again. I'm not speaking of probabilities. I'm. I know it'll it'll eventually get to that point, but I think it'll take a while before it does, and there will be like. And maybe we're already seeing it when a lot of people well, are going, "Yeah, we're not getting out on Friday. Oh, yeah. We're going to shop Amazon." Well, I th- yeah, I think you're. I think you're definitely like, seeing the shift, but you won't see a major corporate shift until somebody does it and proves that it works, regardless yeah. of what the public's actually doing. Yeah, uh, the public alone shifting is not going to be enough for a retailer to decide it's not worth opening. And it's also going to take, you know. But you're also seeing those anecdotal that, stories of like, well, I know so and so just stayed in and used yeah. Amazon, and he saved this much. So and now that Black Friday year. pretty much starts the Monday or Saturday before Thanksgiving, that is true. Um, and the fact that a lot of the you, you, more and more like the sales are getting earlier, and it seems like you're seeing access to the really good sales. Oh, I don't have to actually show up yeah. to get this particular deal, it, but. So, uh, retailers are going to have to get their shit together and actually offer the same prices online and in store, which yeah. is I don't kind know, of infuriating. I don't know why this is such a problem for retailers. Like, it was a be. problem for Best for Best Buy for the longest time. It's been a problem yep. for Walmart and other retailers. Yep. It's like I, I don't understand. I mean, I can say right now without because I can't get into well, what I purchased. Walmart's Walmart's clientele in particular, they're too stupid to use a computer. I, I mean, Larry the Meth Head is not going to get online on Cyber Monday. <laughs> actually, 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 he might because yeah, you know he, he might, might be able to buy a lot of different cold products under different accounts and stuff, true. and they're all sent to the same house. <laughs> but no, without getting into into the details of what I purchased, because or it would box. give something away. Um, I did have a case on on Friday where I was at work and I, I found a a. Doorbuster deal for something at a particular retailer's website and wanted to verify if that price were available in the store because the price was really good and tried calling the store, got put on hold and then hung up on. So I called the corporate line to which I was told no, that the price would not be the same in the store and that they don't do site to store shipping. So you'd have to, you'd have to have it shipped to your house. And because of what the item was, the shipping was as much as the item itself, actually more so slightly. (laughs) And then I just happened to have asked uh, John if he was going to get out to run by there and check, and they did, and it was the same price. So I couldn't even get somebody at the store. The corporate people didn't know what the hell was going on at the stores. So, yeah, this is just... Retailers have got to get their shit together between their online and physical presences. You know, yeah, you're welcome. Yes. Thank <laughs> you but the thing is, even between certain chains, like from store to store, a price will be different. And there's a certain store that's, you know, we all know and love that um, won't match prices at their own, at another branch of their own store. Yeah. This is just a problem with the integration of different areas of a business because oh. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it in the case of where I work with the with the vendors that we deal with. Is that you will get a 
a bullcrap story about, oh, yeah, we're a unified company. We're one company. You come to all for us for all your needs. And then when you actually get to the nuts and bolts of it, oh, well, to get this done, you really, okay, you're going to have to talk to somebody in Georgia. Well, okay, now to get that done with the exact same item, but a different side of that item, you're going to have to call uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. That, and, and that's, and that's the case with a lot of these retailers as well. It's like you're, it, it really feels like the only, I can, the only, the only, the only way I can make sense of it is to think that you're working with different divisions uh, within a company, and those divisions don't have a damn thing to do with one another. They set their own rules, and they don't communicate, so they don't integrate what they're doing. Well, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially with you know retailers. Depending on how those things are organized, whether they're franchises, what what have you, like. The idea that every branch of a store should be completely homogenous no matter where you go is not well, a miss- bad goal, but it's not But necessarily... each one should know what the other's doing. Yeah, that you is know, You true. shouldn't be getting completely different answers. And in the case that I know Jennifer is bringing up in particular, yeah. it, it actually is a corporate store. It's not a franchise. Okay. Either. No, it is a great corporate behemoth that... Um, Just say it's Walmart. Everyone just, knows. Just say it's Walmart. No, no other corporate. <laughs> no, Walmart store, actually is whether, freaking homogenized. Whether it 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 uh, deserves it or not, it's as so. much crap as uh, Walmart. A lot of us have spent time in the chains of the Great Blue Devil. Uh, anyway, um, so actually, if you're working if you're working grocery at Walmart on Black Friday, it is the freaking only day you would want to work at Walmart. I actually volunteered for that when I was working in produce, but I also worked the day before where I almost got purse beat by a little old lady for a crate of celery. As you do. A whole crate? I don't know what she was making, but she like kept putting, like she took almost a whole crate of celery, a 50 pound crate. And put it in. That's when you say, cart. honey, honey, we've got whole cases in the back. I don't even, you don't have to take it out of the box. Let me just, let me just give you the whole case. Seriously. Um, so this week, gonna do something a little different instead of manager specials. Uh, I want you guys to each, uh, come up with something you're thankful for. Wow. Yeah, I'm putting everyone on the spot with this, including myself, because I didn't think of anything in advance. Pie. I'm thankful for pie. Yeah, you stole my answer. We I don't know that I can give a serious point. answer now because everyone has said pie. Friendship. Friendship it's and It's magic. Oh my gosh. I'm going to so I knew that was going to come up sooner or later. I'm thankful for the fact that I can look back and say this year has been better than last year <laughs> and that yep. year was better than the last I'd have to agree. Friends and family. This year did not suck. Friends who are like family. Boo! Bullshit answer. Oh. But it's so true. Boo! Don't throw shit at you. I think you need to put a piece of pie in your pie. How about that you all have put up with me for a long time? It's been a long damn time. Hold on. No. Okay. I I win that contest. You do win. <laughs> you do the win fact that, that you put up with me for nearly you 30 should thank years. me for allowing you to still burn. <laughs> I do. Every it all day. sounds better. Every every That's damn day that I get up, I have to keep myself from just you strangling you. 
No. I'm no. I'm thankful that I can now legitimately take the chains off of my massive Christmas heart on. And I can <laughs> just enjoy Christmas from now until December 25th. You know what? Without anybody giving me here's, shit for here's it. Here's the thing. Thank you for waiting. Yeah, yes, exactly. I love Thanksgiving. I want to give it its proper due. And then, you know, after that... Let's have a fucking Christmas orgy, okay? But yep. but let's not get ahead of ourselves. No. Like, you and, know. And as long as you didn't forget Halloween, too. Right. Yes. Every every holiday Cri- is special. Christmas Christmas day. music and Indeed. Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving is like sex before marriage. It sounds great in practice or in in theory, but uh, it's going to ruin something somewhere along the lines, I'm sure. I would <laughs> just I would know. <laughs> Yep. I'm just screwing with you. Anyway, guys. Enjoy sex however you can get it. Agreed. But do not sing Christmas carols during it. (laughs) Unless it's after Thanksgiving. I agreed with his sex before marriage thing. And before Christmas Eve. Just to be the dissenting voice. I don't know. I don't know. Some of this Christmas music. Sleigh bells. If you can get a rhythm to it, then fine. Whatever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but not until after Thanksgiving, Black Friday to Christmas morning. Have all the sex to Christmas carols yeah, you want. Black, Black Friday, break out your reindeer antlers and your Santa hats and all that shit. Go go nuts. Uh, your, your reindeer with the dick boxes that are up in Turkey Creek again this year. Welcome back. Reindeer in the dick boxes is the name of my, is the name of my band. Mine is F in the middle. No, big F in the big middle. Big F in the middle. That's what it was. <laughs> anyway, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week. Da 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 da. Da.